Welcome, everyone, to the CapsCorner.com podcast, CapsCorner.com, your source for Virginia sports. I am Brad Franklin, publisher of CapsCorner.com, coming to you live from the Palatial Franklin Estates in the West End of Richmond, where it is Thanksgiving as you listen to this. Uh, it's the day before as we record. Virginia has uh, opened its 2021 season with a resounding 89-54 to victory over um, the poor Towson Tigers, um, who ran into a little bit of a buzzsaw uh, up in... Um, I don't know how to say that city, up in Connecticut at the Mohegan Sun. We'll talk about that, and we'll talk basketball first. Obviously, Trey Murphy, um, spoiler alert, he got the waiver that we've been talking about or alluding to, and, um, man, he he put on a show. We will also talk about um, sort of the, the loss last week to, to – excuse me, the win over Abilene Cushion but the loss of Charles Snowden and what that means for the game this weekend against Florida State and all that fun stuff. So before we get started, let's go around and introduce everybody. Uh, up in Fishersville, David Smith is back on the show. Happy Thanksgiving. Thanks, man. You too. Um, it's weird, isn't it? Not having tech this week. Like, it's very strange. Kind of hit me. Super strange. Like, uh, sucks. So many, so many bad changes this year. Who days on the board at Who days on Twitter? I think I threw Dave off with that. Happy Thanksgiving. And uh, up in Arlington, staff writer Justin Ferber is also on the program. How's it going, my friend? Happy Thanksgiving to you too. Oh wow! I was about to say I'm not going to get one. <laughs> well, no, I, I felt um, like I threw I threw Dave like a weird bone, right? So then I figured I'd get more natural with you, but also still say Happy Thanksgiving because I didn't want to get you know throat slit or anything. <laughs> I'm just thankful to have uh, two sports to write about, two teams that are playing pretty well right now heading into Thanksgiving, and we don't have the, you know, Dave might be upset about the tech thing, but you don't have that anxiety hanging over your head this week at least. So that's very true. Um, that is something nice. So, at Justin underscore Ferber on Twitter. And Cavs Corner also on Twitter. Cavs underscore Corner. Great place for in-game updates, content items, and the occasional witty banter. Yeah, I uh, I was curious. Uh, I was thinking about it earlier, and I was, like, thinking. I was, like, I might ask a question to the listenership. Um, you know, curious as to, like, how many people, you know, on Thanksgiving because they're stressed about the tech game, you know, d- does it impact your, your Thanksgiving um, meal, right? And... I would imagine that, especially on those days when it was Black Friday, there was at least some, you know, at least some UVA fans like, ugh, I'm really super jazzed about this. So, yeah, it's a, it's a strange week beginning with this basketball season. We expected Virginia Open today um, at 2 o'clock against um, Maine. Poor Maine head coach, whose name escapes me. He wrote a whole – he, like, did a whole cover. Richard Barron. Thank you. He did a whole cover of Meet Virginia for nothing. Um, and, um, and then – <laughs> not for not not for nothing for our amusement. That's true say. for our amusement. I mean, I only listened to the first little bit of it because I couldn't stomach the rest. Um, also, I didn't even know it was Meet Virginia until he said that because oh, it didn't sound like that's it at all. That's harsh. That's harsh. Um, fair but harsh. Um, I, yeah, it was it was it was pretty bad. Um, so anyway, so instead of getting uh, Maine again, um, they they get Towson, and talk about talking about Maine last year. That, what a difference a year makes, right? Um, we knew literally from that game, like, uh-oh, man, the offense is in some some trouble. Now, if Virginia goes out and scores 80-some a game this year, um, regardless of how many games they play, um, we're all going to be pretty happy on this podcast, that's for sure. But um, certainly the offense did not have the issues that it had last year. Um, let's talk about Murphy first. So we had heard – how do I how do I frame this? So – it was obvious that he was making the trip because his jerseys got packed up. And then 
you know, it, it became pretty obvious, I thought, from Tony Bennett's complete no answer to the question about him po- possibly uh, applying for the waiver that he probably applied for the waiver. Um, we had heard that they had applied roughly a month ago. They were expecting to hear yesterday, um, or hoping, I guess I should say, to hear yesterday. And then they obviously did hear last night. Um, we had talked about on the show before, right, the idea of, like, what what does this team look like with, with Trey Murphy? And apparently it looks really good. Dave, in the pantheon of things that you expected to happen today, uh, UVA going, or attempting 29 threes, but hitting 15 of them, Murphy going seven for nine from the floor, six of eight from three. Did you expect the offense to score as easily uh, and as efficiently uh, as the Cavaliers did today? I mean, I don't know about that easy. Like, I mean, I expected the offense to be better. Um, but it was like, I mean, I don't want to say it was a cakewalk to it, but it it was pretty easy going. Um, you think back to last year, like, you know, Tony had to coach his butt off and come up with so many set plays and all this stuff, you know, to try to get a good shot before the shot clock ran off. And today it was just a lot of five out, pass it around, <laughs> wait for someone to make a mistake and bury it in their face. Um, yeah, I mean, it won't be that easy every night, but. You know, I don't think that's the ceiling either. I mean, they didn't play perfect, and they scored a bunch of points. So, yeah, I mean, no. I don't think anyone would have thought they looked that good out of the gate. Because, look, we didn't – Murphy's got a lot of talent, but, you know, we didn't really know what he had. You know, he didn't really step up his competition level today. But, um, you know, putting it on a court with that many guys, like, what's you know, a, a team with more talented guys around him. Was he was the moment going to be too big for him, regardless of his Towson or not? And clearly, it wasn't. He looked he looked calm and cool. And then you know Hauser too. Um, it's funny. I had someone ask me yesterday, um, you know, what the Virginia team is going to look like because you know the casual fan doesn't know much about you know Hauser or or Murphy. And you know, I singled them out. I was like, yeah, you know, Hauser's going to be really good. And they're like, who's he? Um, so I got a text about an hour after the game that they were like, yeah, they, yeah, they're pretty good. Yeah, for real. I mean, I'm I'm trying to think through. Like, imagine you imagine you don't know if you're going to play, right? And they they say, okay, we're, what you're you're going to go. We're, we're still waiting to hear from the NCAA, but we hope we're going to hear soon. But we're going to go. We're going to take you on the trip, right? And then you go and you go through all the rigmarole and you you know, I can't imagine what it was like for him to get that news. And he's he, you know he said today like, hey, I was smiling from your ear. I bet you were. But then, like, when you're not really sure if you're going to play, and then you get to play, I I, I can't. Like the fact that he was able to be as good as he was, I mean, even if even if he just came out there, you know, and went like, you know, three of nine, right? Um, you know, we all would have understood, right? But for him to be that good right out of the shoot, Ferber, does that change your sort of trajectory for this team? I tweeted out like, listen, um, with the, with him, UVA should be considered a, the favorite to win the national championship because I, I think he's he's that good. What's what's his availability and him being able to play right away? What's that do to your sort of expectations for this team this season? Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's just one more important piece in what could be a really, really, really good team. Um, Particularly, I mean, I think it would be sort of foolish to expect him to do what he did today every day um, because few players in college basketball do. And then considering UVA's pace of play and all that other stuff, there's going to be some nights where he does shoot three for nine and and whatever. yeah, I mean, he did this off the bench, too. I mean, he wasn't even supposed to play and then came in and did this. Um, it raises the ceiling to me because, I mean, just overall watching the game today, 
it was refreshing. And I, I was a little harder on the team last year than you guys probably were. But, I mean, like, I thought last year was really hard to watch. The shooting was really bad. And um, this this game was a complete, you know, it was like the light bulb came on and it was completely different for me. Um, the, the style of play was, was great. The, the shots were falling. And I think if Murphy plays the way that he did today, or at least is a threat to do so, it really helps Sam Hauser because he's the other guy that's going to be gunning a lot of threes. Um, at least for as you know, far as your starters are concerned, and um, and he was really good on his own. I mean, he kind of got got lost a little bit in the shuffle because of what Murphy did off the bench. Um, but I mean, he was terrific today, and and if he can play like that, which I think he can, I mean, UVA is going to be really hard to beat. Um, you know, we were talking a little bit about it before the the t- game started, and just. You know, what does his availability mean for the rest of the rotation, especially at the wing where they're really deep? And you have a lot of guys that definitely want to play. Um, you know, Morcel started this game. Well, the Tensai started most of the games last year, and you got to think his minutes are going to be cut down if Murphy keeps playing like this. Um, and then you have Hauser there, and then you have Abdul Rahim, um, who played a little bit, um, but I would assume he'll work his way into the rotation at some point. So it's just a lot of, and then Statman. So you have a lot of guys on the wing that that can contribute, and it's gonna be interesting to see how that rotation shakes out with him available. But um, I think what you saw today is what gives everybody so much hope that this team can be elite. Because if they can play like that on the offensive end, the defense probably still has some work to do, but they're gonna come along. And you know if they can put it all together, it's that's a scary, scary group, um, especially you know with the shooting and and just the versatility of of ways you can score and. You know, if Key Hayes getting to the basket and, and hitting those guys for open threes, it's going to be trouble for everybody else. Um, I do always try to remember, though, that in openers particularly, it's, it's one non-conference game. So, like, they're all sort of a little different. Sometimes UVA would blow somebody out and then the next game would be closer than we thought. So um, I'm interested to see how the game goes on Friday and then um, get a, a night. I mean, San Francisco, they should be able to beat, but... Um, at least then you have sort of two data points going into the next few weeks of games. It was the first one he hit. <clears throat> I was like, man, the light is on, right? Like you could just, yeah, it, it was, <laughs> it was okay. But here's, okay. Let's, let's, let's take a step back. Let's, let's play sort of devil's advocate, right? So UVA, let's look at the numbers. Um, 17 assists against six turnovers. Virginia scored um, 18 points off of um, Towson's 10 turnovers. Um, Towson only scored five off of Virginia six. Uh, Cavaliers basically led bell to bell, um, except for the time that it was tied early on. Um, efficiency wise, Cavaliers were fifty five point six from the floor, um, fifty one point seven from deep. Um, combined, Hauser, <laughs> Hauser, Murphy together were were <laughs> were nine of eleven from three. Uh, Virginia got forty two points from the bench. Um, it, and I and I tweeted this out. But there were like what thirteen games last year where they they didn't break sixty and wins. Uh, for them to get forty two points off the bench is just staggering to me. Um, let's see, Towson shot thirty six point seven from the floor, forty three point eight from the field. Uh, most of that on the weight of their forty four percent, fifty percent half in the second um, twenty minutes. Um, I mean, look, I I don't think uh, to to Ferber's, like you can't expect. That, that that Murphy's going to come out and do this every night, right? 
it, and I think it does give you a glimpse of what the ceiling is like, but you can certainly see issues, right? One, guys who were probably in a position to play more didn't play, right? I tweeted this out earlier, but when Huff and Hauser go to the bench, it's like 55-36, and then next thing you know, it's like 80. It's like it's they went on like a 30-some, whatever the run was, without the two of them on the floor, um, which is just nuts. Um because you look at this depth, and you know we talked a lot about like, man, this team is deep, man, this team is deep. But when you see it, and you're like, oh snap, I'm not even seeing like guys I'm like I want to see. So I think that there's got to be some some. It's not necessarily tightening. It's just like the way the pieces fit together has to become more clear. Because most nights you're probably not going to come out there and bang threes the way that you were banging them against this team. Um, I think it's fair to say to Ferber's point about openers, right? That. Um, you never really know until your team plays a game. That's a you know fairly constant coach speak. And in this environment, who knows what you're going to be for a while, right? Um, I don't think Towson's going to be terrible. Um, they got they got some talent. I think the Timberlake kid clearly was 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 the one today who felt like he you know he he had some confidence to him and and, and wanted to do some stuff. But I mean, you look at them going forward; they're not going to be in a terrible spot. You know, they might not be you know, shoe in for the tournament or anything like that, but they're not a terrible team. Like this is not, you know, this is not, um, you know, little sisters of the poor. Uh, and Virginia still made it look incredibly easy. Uh, Dave, as you kind of look forward for this team, what are your questions still? Right. We, I don't know. I, I know it's one yeah. game and you can't, you know, you can't take so many snap judgments, but in terms of things you saw today, I'm sure there were some questions that got answered. What are the ones for you that still are out there? Yeah. I mean, I think all the questions I had, coming into the season, you know, other than the ones about, you know, what's Hauser and is Murphy going to play are still out there. Um, I mean, Virginia did, get, did give up 59 today, right? Um, which most teams would be happy for, but there was a stretch like early second half where they played some, you know, the defense kind of broke down. And we all know that's what they're looking at in film, <laughs> film tomorrow. Um, so it, it still comes down, you know, I don't think you have to worry. There probably won't be a night where they go have a night from three like they were capable of last year just because there's so many more guys who can shoot it and shoot it well. You know, last year you're pretty much relying on Waldo and, and Jay Hoff to shoot the three. Um, you know, and this year, I mean, how many guys made a three today? Like seven or eight? I mean, it was um, it was insane. So. I think I'm on the offensive side, side. There's a lot less questions that I have. Defensively, I don't know that today changed any of them. Um, I mean, it looks like, you know, with having Murphy there, if there's a wing stopper, it's probably him. But his length, even if he's playing some four, you can even slot Casey down to the three. Make, I, I think you can make do. I don't think the defense will be as elite as it was last year. But with that offense, it should be good enough to – to make them a contender. Um, but yeah, you know, on the offensive side, I think the only question is just going to be, how does the rotation work out? And, you know, th that's going to take a while to kind of get into, you know, kind of get into a groove, figure out what pieces match together. Because ultimately, like we were already questioning that. And I thought McCoy looked really good today um, <laughs> on both ends of the court. I agree. I mean, he, he missed a couple short shots, but he made some good moves to get that shot. Um, 
And does he not look taller to y'all too? I mean, he, he definitely has filled out. I don't know out. if he's just thinned out. Yeah, or... I think I think he's I think he's definitely. He, he, I wouldn't be surprised if he's an inch or two taller. My thing too with yeah. him was that he he just he looked like he physically understood how to use his body in a way that yeah. I don't think he did last year. And you know, I think you know Hauser and and Murphy were outstanding. You know, if they if they go nine for eleven every game, we're going to win the title. <laughs> Book it. Um, but they just. I think the thing that excites me about those guys is like, you know, Hauser, we've got a little more, a little more film on. We know he's a good shooter, very efficient player. Um, but Murphy too, like those guys aren't just really good shooters. You saw it today when, when they closed that hard on Murphy and he kind of drove and dunked on him. Like if you look at Hauser, you look at Huff, even you look at, you look at Murphy, um, Jabri when he gets in the rotation more, um, even look, looks like Reese Beekman, like, you know, if they've got an old to three and you close that hard on them, they're just going to take it to the rim on you. And there was one play today. I think there was a foul called where they kicked it to Hauser. There was a ball screen for Hauser coming to the left corner. Um, they kicked the ball over to him and Towson like rotated off Huff really hard to get out to him. Um, and there was a foul called underneath, but I mean, it was an easy alley-oop. So you're going to be a just because those pieces are so big, you're going to have a big chase in Hauser. So, like, I'm excited about what the offense can go. But, but yeah, defensively, just going to be figuring out the pieces. I don't know if you need to figure out all game because I think you're going to score more points this year on the, on the game-by-game game basis. But crunch time, what's, what's that lineup look like? But I do feel what I saw in McCoy today makes me a little more optimistic than I was last podcast. Um, minute wise, Clark plays twenty five. Hauser plays twenty five. Beekman ended up getting um, twenty, which I would not have thought when I when I watched it live. Um, let's see, McCoy got twenty one. Um, Morcel got nineteen. Huff got eighteen. <laughs> Murphy only got eighteen minutes. He scored. Tw- he hit six threes. And I'm sorry. All right, World Defense got thirteen. Um, Stabman got twelve. Um, I guess let's let's get into some, into some complaints. I'm a little bit frustrated because I wanted to see more Caden Shedrick. I, I think it it after they win a game by 35 and they score 89, um, they had 20 second chance points. Man, like Virginia basketball, 20 second chance points. I digress. Um, but they they score 1.4 points per 1.48 points per possession, which is a gaudy number for Virginia basketball. Um, and so I'm not complaining. Or any team. Right, for sure. <laughs> um, very good point. Thank you. Um, so I, when I say complaining, I mean those, that's kind of like in like quotation marks, right? But I really wanted to see more of Shedrick. He was a guy who I was really excited to see. And I'm not sure how the um, you know Murphy getting the green light really impacts him directly, but it does. I think it probably does mean that that they're gonna they're gonna play that Hauser Huff Murphy lineup a lot, um, and. That is a lot of length with a lot of three-point shooting, and I can understand why Shedrick. You know, they're going to have to be some matchups. Um, I was impressed with McCoy. Um, you know, he only scored two points, but he he brings in five boards. He has three assists. Um, he's a hustle dude, and he's just he seems to be sort of all over the place. Um, I was also, you know, your point about Beekman. I, I thought he seemed pretty poised, even though he only scores three and he only picked up um, a couple of assists. I thought. Thought he seemed really solid. What I what I find fascinating about this team, Ferber, is that 
we could talk about literally all these dudes, and there are multiple guys who won a national championship who who are going to get like short shrift. Like we're not going to talk a whole lot about Huff, right? We're not. And he had you know he had fourteen ho hum points. You know what I'm saying? A handful of boards, a couple of block, three blocks. Uh, we're not going to talk. I thought about he was quite good. Yeah, no, that's team. what I'm saying. That's what's crazy yeah. about the depth of this team is that we're going to, you know, we're going to focus on the new and shiny, but realistically, like Clark and, excuse me, Huff and, and Clark were, were, I think, the, you know, the guys that we all knew coming into the season. Okay, here are the pieces that are, that make the most sense in terms of what we've seen. Um, so I don't want to take them for granted. I just, you know, like I said, I wanted to see more of Shedrick. I would like to have seen more of Abdul Rahim, but it f- kind of feels like maybe with, especially with Murphy playing, that he's on the outside of the rotation. Um, when you look at this team, what are your unanswered questions? What 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 things do you still want to to find out about them? Yeah, I mean, I and what, again, it's just one game, so like we still don't really know. Um, usually with UVA, I mean, there are obviously exceptions where the team is pretty set out of the gate, but I mean, you guys know that usually it takes Tony almost till ACC season and sometimes beyond before he figures out what his starting lineup is and then what his two, three, four guys off the bench, you know, how that's going to shake out. Because, I mean, last year, for perfect example, Justin McCoy, I don't think his role is going to go away like it did last year. But at the beginning of the year, he was in the rotation. He played. And then by middle of the season, he wasn't playing anymore. Um, and then other guys like Walter Tensai didn't play that much early. But then later in the season, their roles got bigger. Um, you know, that national championship run – Kihei Clark, I think he started pretty much from right out, you know, right out of the gate, but he started playing more minutes as the season went along. Mamadi was leaned on harder later on in the season than he was early, particularly in the postseason. Um, so I think some of that stuff will still have to iron itself out. And I think for all the, you know, the talk that we just had about all the guys that we want to see more from, Cedric, you know, definitely one of them. Um, uh, you know, it's good that we saw a little bit of the freshman. Beekman definitely looked like he belonged. Um, even though they kept calling him by the wrong name on Flow Sports. Shout out to Flow Sports, by the way. Nice knowing you for one game. Um, <laughs> but, nope. yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, pretty much. Um, so I think there's still some some shake, you know, some stuff that has to shake out with the rotation. Um, I'm interested to see. I think a lot of people, we talked about this right before tip-off, or uh, maybe it was a different text thread. Um, but I think a lot of people just assumed that the lineup would be something like, Clark, Morcel, Wolda Tensai. This is before Murphy was made available. Uh, Hauser and Huff with Hauser at the four. I think he's really a three. Um, he's just a big three. So, like, the reason I think people thought that would be the lineup, it made perfect sense, was because the UVA is so heavy on wings and not that heavy on power forwards. Um, McCoy is like an undersized, he's like a three, four tweener. Um, and then Hauser can play that position. And then you have a bunch of fives. So, I, but I think that Hauser's better as somebody that can get on the outside and shoot a lot, and and you can use two different guys if you're running blocker mover um, on the inside. But this in this game, they didn't really have to run a lot of that stuff. Um, so I think that, that you know, like what happens at the four position will be probably one of the things that I'll be focused on going forward. And then, assuming that Murphy ascends to the starting lineup and plays the two position, and Morcel goes back to the bench or something like that. Um, obviously there is a scenario where I'm completely wrong and Hauser does end up becoming a four, um, with Murphy as a three. Um, you know, if, if Murphy replaces Morcell, like what does Morcell's role look like going forward? You know, what does that, what does that depth look like at that position as well? So certainly a lot to shake out, but you're right. Um, Kihei and Jay, I mean, we kind of know what to expect. And I think that really says a lot about their development because 
Kihei was a guy that on a national title team, you know, we were just like, okay, don't get out, you know, make sure you get the ball to five and 11 and kind of get out of the way. <laughs> um, don't mess anything up. Right. And then obviously last year, a much bigger role. And then Huff was a guy that, you know, a fan favorite, obviously, but we've had conversations on this podcast. Like he had a lot of work to do in consistency, especially on the defensive end. And it's clear that he's made that those strides that he needed to make. And now he's going to be a reliable part of this team for sure. Yeah. He seems, he seems very comfortable right in in terms of who he is and who he's not and who he needs to be and i think that is that's indicative of a player who gets it i think the thing for me watching you know watching huff's development watching clark's development um you you just know that 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 what we saw today was not like to i think it was ferber who said earlier not really the high water mark i mean they're obviously going to get better in some ways um i think that maybe what you see and, and walk with me here. So Tony talked a lot about when he had Dre and Braxton that, you know, sometimes they'd basically flip, right? On one end of the floor, they were this and that, and then the other, and they would flip. And I can, I can see him doing something similar with Hauser and Murphy in the sense that I think Murphy can guard, um, can guard the four, guard the three, kind of do whatever you need him to do because of his length and his athleticism. And there are definitely going to be times where Hauser fits better, you know, different matchups where he fits better guarding one or the other. And so I feel like their versatility offensively plus um, um, Murphy's length allows Virginia to do a lot of different things. And that's probably the thing for me, the biggest question I have coming out of this, which is like Tony talked after the game you know, about the depth. And, you know, he, he, he obviously any coach would love to have as many quality pieces as he's got. Right. There were definitely times, as I mentioned earlier, where Virginia was you know running away with this thing without its, you know, without its A lineup and maybe even without its, like, really B lineup. Um, my, my question is on this, quote-unquote, distraction of depth, right? The idea that, like, yeah, there are so many dudes, and sometimes you can sort of, you know, try to, try to you know, mad scientist it a little bit. I'm curious to see what combinations fit best, right? Not necessarily five, but more of, like, this guy and this guy, you know, dribble handoff. Um, you look at the action Virginia's running today. Um, it... It did not feel like the Virginia of old, that's for sure, right? Joe Harris, you know, come, after that Tennessee debacle, talked about, you know, wanting the trains to run on time. Dude, the trains were everywhere today. Like, those guys were, I mean, the ball was was moving, and guys were, I mean, there was five out stuff. There was, I mean, it was flex. It was everything. Um, I think for me it's just a question of not necessarily just a rotation and, and how it firms up, but what, what combinations feel right. Like, for example, um, let's say Beekman and, and Murphy – develop into a really good you know two-man game right or you see hauser um huff and murphy together and they play better if they've got these other guys with them if that makes any sense right so it's not just like here's here's the whole rotation and it's figured out or here's the best five no matter what but in terms of you know drilling into it there, there are so many little nooks and crannies when you have this much depth when you have the luxury of not having to just play your five best players because um, if UVA had to pick its five best players right now, I mean, I think that would actually be legitimately tough. Dave, what's um, what's? <laughs> no, I had a couple of thoughts. I mean, um, no, go ahead, give I mean, it to I, me. I think, no, I mean, I think I've always talked about positionless basketball, like becoming the kind of where the game is headed. And I think Virginia, you know, this year's team with Hauser and Murphy and Huff, like those three guys are 
pretty close to what you're talking about there. Like, they're not elite ball handlers, but, um, you know, Hauser can certainly guard a wing in a pinch. How, you know, we know Murphy can, and even Huff, like you can get out and bother a guy, especially if you've got inside help. Um, and then offensively, they can do a little bit of everything. Like you saw Hauser had a little bit of post-up game today. I can't remember if it was late first half or early second. He had a little, little drop step move in the lane. Um, and as, as good as his shooting was, that little move was like, oh, okay. Um, and then Murphy, like I said earlier. So those three, like, you know, if I think we're, when we're talking, guessing our lineups league into the game, I was guessing lineups based on traditional offense. But when you're playing offense like Virginia did in this game with five out, it really doesn't matter. You know, you're just trying to, you just got to make sure you got guys that complement each other defensively because offensively you can pretty much play anything you want with those three on the floor. Um, and then what else was I going to say? I mean, I mean, if there's one person who probably loved today, it was Kihei, right? Like I can't remember the last time he played that few minutes in a game. Um, and he still looked, I can't remember what his total was. I don't have it pulled up in front of me. Um, but it was less than 30 minutes, wasn't it? Uh, he had 25. Yeah, I mean, shoot, he, he played 25 in some first halves last year. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> so, yeah, so yeah, it, <laughs> yeah, I like that. Um, yeah. Um, no, I mean, for him, I think it's good. But all in all, like, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to watch them again. Um, I, I'm curious this year. The, the one thing that kind of dawned on me as I'm watching the game is, like, in a typical year, well, if this was a normal year, Murphy probably wouldn't apply for the waiver, right? Because, you know, unless he changed his mind between when everyone talked to him last year and now. So he probably wouldn't have been playing, which meant Raheem probably would have gotten a little more playing time. But I'm just wondering, like, those guys on the bench, like Raheem and, and Beekman and McCorkle, even McCoy, Statman, whoever ends up getting more bench time, is it a little easier for them this year to be on the bench knowing this year really doesn't count? Um, as far as their eligibility goes. So, I mean, it's an interesting dynamic, I think. And, you know, obviously with everything going on, any extra depth you can have is helpful. But um, all in all, like, game one for the pieces to kind of – there seemed to be a lot of chemistry there for a team that hasn't been together that long. Um, and my final thought on, on basketball is I think maybe I can't joke on Duke for the one-and-done stuff anymore because – Virginia essentially has got two potential one and doneers on this roster. One and done with them, at least, right? I'm joking about Duke fans getting excited for a guy they know for a year, but you know, Hauser and Hauser and Murphy might not be along around, around much past this year. <laughs> well, technically, Hauser was around last year, so you did at least know him. Even yeah, if you didn't you get know, to see him. But I get, I get your yeah. point. I get your point. Yeah. All right. Last thing on on basketball. I, I'm gonna start best, with uh, Is this the best uh, best transfer uh, debut since Austin Nichols? Man. Anyone? Anyone? Yeah. Why you got to put that evil yeah. on us, Ricky Bobby? Let's see what game two looks like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get him to game two. Um, all right, Ferber, um, what what thing surprised you the most today? The fact that they played? Uh, Murphy, probably. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, I wasn't surprised that they played. <laughs> because once they practiced yesterday, I was like, okay, this is happening. I can write a preview. Um, which was nice. You know, <laughs> that would have... I, I can't use the word, but... You know, it starts with cluster. Um, you know, it's a family show. Through writing about halfway through writing about a terrible main team that's four from the bottom and Ken bomb, and it's like this team is gonna it's such a drag to write about. No offense to any Black Bears fans that might be listening. Um, 
And then it's like, okay, new team. But the biggest surprise, I think, was probably Jabri's lack of playing time. Um, I certainly didn't expect him to play 30 minutes or anything. Uh, but obviously that kind of goes in tandem with, with Murphy getting the waiver, which we, you know, we knew was possible because like we said earlier in the show, I mean, we knew he was there. So, um, I just didn't necessarily think that that would lead to such a drastic drop off in what I thought would be a decent amount of playing time for him. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think that was probably a big surprise. And then, I, I mean, I, if I'm being honest, the, the biggest surprise is Murphy's just overall game. I mean, not that I, it, he was as advertised. We thought we knew he would be an impact transfer, but the idea was, and this is why he was going to sit out, right? Like he needs, he's going to season for a year. He's going to get with Mike Curtis for a year. And that's where he can really take his game up a level. And then next year he's going to be good. He came in and was good. I mean, he's already good. So um, if he can shoot like that and then also get to the rim, I mean, that's how you, you start to, have those conversations like Dave just said about, about him being a pro. I mean, you watch his skill set and you're like, this is exactly the kind of guy that the NBA teams love in the draft. A wiry three that can defend and shoot threes and can get to the rim every once in a while. Um, if he can do that, he's going to get paid a lot of money at some point. The surprise for me, before I kick it back to you, Dave, to, to finish this up on the on the basketball side, um, or I guess actually we should talk about Friday's game since we won't record before that one happens um but the reason i i i asked is because i was thinking about like there's so much hand-wringing about recruiting right and i get it like you know i get it but like think about that that class right so the beekman abdur rahim recorical class right and there was all this scuttlebutt about you know how they were going to use their scholarships and da, 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 and there were other guys out there and then there was a whole like oh we're going to use it for the future you know whatever whatever and of course they go out and they get Trey Murphy with the with with a spot that came open and I'm just I'm struck by the way things sometimes just sort of work out right um, you know you end up with Braxton Key anyway right and now you you get a Hauser who was a kid that you liked. Maybe not as much as you liked his brother, but you liked him. Um, and you end up getting Murphy, and now they can play. I think Murphy, I mean, listen, it's one game, and you can't make so many you know, judgments off one game. But if the kid plays anything close like he played today, he's a, he's a pro. Even in a, even in a situation where we know that the NBA draft is only two rounds, and it, they only take guys um, you know, w- when it comes to you know, potential and all that stuff. Like it's, re- it's actually really hard if you're – not a clear pro to get drafted. And uh, there's so many kids every year who think they're that and they're not. This kid is that. And I'm really, I'm really curious to watch him sort of put it all together. All right, Dave, thing that surprised you the most. And then we'll talk a little bit about um, maybe Friday and what we expect to see Friday morning. Um, how bad the announcers were. (laughs) (laughs) Did y'all hear him say who has? Yeah. Who has is going to, yeah, that was rough. No, nah, I mean, obviously. We're I mean, going to the mothership on, on Friday, boys. <laughs> Back where we belong. Yeah. ESPN, 1130. <laughs> no, nah, I mean, just the ease at which the team scored. I mean, even though we knew they'd be better offensively, just after watching last year, um, how much of a grind it was. And, and to last year's team's credit, like, they got it done more, more often than not um, in tight situations. But, yeah, I mean, just, yeah, I mean, uh, it's got to, when Virginia scores that many points, it's got to be the offense. It's, that's, just, that's the surprise. Yeah, I would, uh, I would agree with that. All right, Friday, they get, uh, they get St. Francis. 
Um, sorry, San Francisco. Man, no, they don't. They get they get St. Francis <laughs> on Tuesday. Um, listen, I think it's pretty yeah. cool they're playing San Francisco and Saint then they're Francis. playing St. Francis. I know, I know. That's what I'm. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Um, but then San Francisco lost to something called Lowell somebody. Um, who, UMass Lowell. There you go. Um, whose name escaped me in the moment. Um, all right. So I, I mean, guess we can assume that Virginia is supposedly going to win this game. Um, give me two things you want to see Friday more of. I want to see more of Shedrick, and I would like to see more of Adur Rahim, if I'm being honest. And I think that would even I would even choose those two things over like seeing Murphy continue to play this way. I mean, like he's got this in his game. Okay, cool. I just want to see. Um, I just want to see some other guys. Dave, what do you what are your two things you want to see Friday? Um, a win and no injuries. Um, are those you know, your two? I feel like I'm being a smart aleck tonight, but yeah, I mean, it's just, <laughs> um, no, I, mean, I, I do want to see Murphy like look similar to what we saw just to, you know, confirmation of what we, what we did see. I, I like to see a little Beekman and Kihei get a little more playing time together. Um, and then, you know, Jabri get, get some more run too, but I'm not going to be choosing. You know, I get to watch it on a regular network. I, I we're for, for, I'm sorry. I got to say this now. So, am I the only person who pays like no attention to the announcers? Like, is that just, am I? Is it just me? Oh, I muted them. I muted them after a little. Bit. I didn't they even really terrible. notice them today, to be honest with you. Like, I just assume that they're yeah. all going to be clown shows, and I don't even care. You know. Now there also, are definitely one times thing for the. Go ahead. No, I was going to say there are definitely times when they say something stupid, and I'm like, I I can't stand it. I'm I'm like vocally like, no, that's not what you know, like whatever. But like, I just don't pay attention to them, and like. I said something about Flo uh, not being as terrible as I expected. I mean, look, their their Apple TV app was stant was stellar, like that that was nice. Um, I never had any hiccups. I mean, I was worried about the thing crashing. You know what I mean? Like before yeah. it happened, it was one of the yes. reasons why I wasn't I didn't want to pay the money. But anyway, I I, I don't know. I, I would just say that to everybody out there, stop listening to announcers. Half of them don't know what they're talking about. Um, but anyway, for go ahead. I'm oh. sorry. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, everybody that's tweeting, like, UVA is getting disrespected by being put on this network. That's not how it works, okay? Like, I don't even really want to get into it. It's just that's not – it's not. No, get into it because I think then you'll get really fired like, up and I'll enjoy that. that. Why, don't you, why, don't you, why don't you preach I, to just, people about how TV how, rights work? That's just not how TV contracts work. Like, that's just not it, – it's not like ESPN was like, we don't want them. Like, <laughs> ESPN's putting UVA on at 1130 in the morning on Friday. Um you know, it has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with the tournament that they're in. To be honest with you, if this tournament had been played, where was this tournament supposed to be? Well, they were supposed you guys to be. Remember? In, they were supposed to be in a tournament in yeah, LA, that's right. right. They were in the one in Orlando or whatever. Yeah, right? and then they were supposed um, to be Bubbleville. Supposed to be in Orlando. Right, but then they joined this other. tournament. No, that's right. They moved sports. the Wooden Classic from from LA. Or Anaheim, That's sorry. Right. They moved yeah. it to Orlando. They moved it to Orlando, and then they canceled it or whatever. Correct. Um, there was and some then UVA with... joined this other one. Right. Right. But this this tournament in the Bubbleville in general has a deal with Flow Sports. Like That's just the way it worked out. It wasn't like they got relegated to it. So <laughs> They weren't like, hey, um, Virginia basketball sucks. We don't want to watch that. Let's put it on crappy Flow Sports. Like That's not how it happened. All right. Also, you guys, I mean, you guys that have been around a while need to remember back in the day when we had to like, like listen to ACC games on the radio. Like, because it was true. like if UVA wasn't good enough, they were playing Florida State on a Wednesday. You need to like listen to the radio. Real, um, real, real talk, though. I wasn't going to pay for the 30 bucks. I wasn't going to get the thing until I. 30 bucks is a travesty. It is course. a travesty. But, but at the same token, like the reason it's 30 bucks is because it's like, well, if you're going to do what everybody did today. Then they want to make their money off of it, and you know what? If that that's what it takes for schools to make their revenue, okay, fine. Um, 
and it probably isn't a bad thing for somebody else to be out there other than just ESPN, you know, um, in terms of somebody else who can br- have some rights and broadcast some games. And I'm, f- I'm sure that the folks who, who, who frequent CAA games love the fact that Flow Hoops exist, and they want to pay that monthly Yeah, I mean, it's better than not being able to see them at all. Right. So, but know. I was going to say is that I, I really wasn't going to pay it, and then I realized that there was probably an app. And I was like, oh, that might not be bad. So I was actually very impressed. All right. So let's slip over to the gridiron. Um, Cavaliers obviously beat the crap out of Abilene Christian, as expected. Um, I thought Marcus they Higgins covered. is... <laughs> yeah, that's true. They covered in very dramatic fashion. Um, and it took a double pass in the end zone. Anyway, uh, we'll, yeah. Um, <laughs> that uh, SVP segment was just uh, uh, it was just a thing of beauty. The funniest part was I forgot that ACU uh, celebrated. The, yes, uh, they did. Touchdown, yes, they and then did. they missed the extra point. Yep. As a result. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. And that's why they didn't cover. Yep. It's so good. Yeah. Uh, so, but the the quote that Hagen's gave uh, via uh, Brennan Armstrong after the game, the idea that yeah, we might have won the battle, but. Um, you know, the war was, um, you know, they, they lost one in, in Charles Snowden. And that's obviously a, a big deal. I, you know, we've, we're actually, you know, we're having a lot of fun with the basketball stuff, but I mean, 11 is, is one of the best, is one of the best dudes I've ever covered. Um, he's in that like Brogdon sphere, you know what I mean? Where it's like just dudes who, who gave you so much, um, in the most like undramatic way, you know what I mean? Like Brogdon, when you quoted him, you know, he didn't really say a whole lot, but what he said was really good. And I always felt like that about Snowden, like Snowden gate went out there and made just amazing stuff happen on the field. And so Virginia losing him, it's tough. Um, you know, I know that there's a, obviously with the NCAA rules and everything, there's a chance he, you know, theoretically he could come back. We'll worry about that for another day going forward. Obviously a lot of emphasis on Matt Gam and Elliot Brown, uh, I wrote in my three two one this week, like, hey, I think Elliot Brown's gonna turn some heads. I've always thought he was a really talented kid. He just wasn't as far along maybe as Snowden was in terms of like it felt like in terms of, you know, really grasping the whole playbook and, and sort of, you know, kind of getting that feel for it. He looked he looked like he understood it the other night. And so I'm really curious to see what he looks like in Tallahassee. Um all right, let's start here. What do we think what do we think the odds are that this game gets played? I would say very, very good, considering Florida State probably after the debacle um, with Clemson wants to want, probably wants to play a game so they can sort of prove to all the, you know, all for, because of all the noise. I don't think that that's like the reason why. Right. But it's certainly if it's if there's any sort of doubt about making it happen, I, I feel like that'll happen. That'll get the benefit of it. Um, Dave, what do you think? Does this one get played? Yeah, I mean. I don't know if this is the most confident I've been all year, but I feel pretty good about this one. Um, I mean, it's a little weird having Thanksgiving there, but, you know, if you figure someone gets exposed Thursday, I guess the downside is they're probably not testing positive Friday morning. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I feel pretty good about pretty good about it, especially, like you said, especially given that Florida State didn't play last week and there was a big brouhaha. And I don't think they have a lot of guys out anyway, so it would have to be a pretty big, you know, I think given that we're halfway through the week, unless we hear something tomorrow about a bunch of positive tests, I think we're probably good. I agree with that. What do you think, Ferber? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't seem like there's been any issues. So, I mean, we still got to get through the next couple of days. But, um, 
I, I mean, I said that was one of the first things I said last Saturday when all that Florida State stuff came out. I was like, they're going to try everything they can to play next week, um, this coming week, because, you know, they're going to want to show that they're not ducking people. So um, I expect them to play. UVA hasn't had any issues recently, so we'll see what happens. But And Florida State obviously didn't have to play last week. True. That's very true. And, I mean, I think it's fair to say that one of the reasons they didn't play last week was because they just didn't want to risk it given – their own current issues and, and sort of where they were. And let's be real, that, this Florida State team is not very good. Um, I don't think that that's a, um, a surprise at this point. I mean, they, they've really struggled. Um, even, though, even though you watch them and they do have talent, which is always problematic for me because when I, when I don't know what to expect from a team and they have talent – you don't know necessarily unless I mean I guess it's like a you know a kind of a narrative thing right if 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 you if you allow them to hang around early you know it's the same it's almost like they're an underdog I mean technically they are because they're not favored but you know what I mean like you, you, when you're playing a lesser division program or whatever you know you you don't want to let them believe right that's the problem with ODU last year right Virginia let them hang around too long and then they started to believe and you know that can change the complexion of a game. I look at Florida State and I'm like, yeah, they they've got talent. I just don't know what to make of them because they're just wildly inconsistent um, across various phases of the game. Dave, what do you make of this Florida State team? What what concerns you and what what kind of where do you get your your confidence about Virginia playing this weekend? I, mean, I get my confidence from the Vegas line. Um, no. <laughs> uh, Florida State's got some talent for sure. I mean, um, look when when you've got a quarterback that can can run. We've seen that gives Virginia, you know, Cunningham made Virginia up. So um, that concerns me. I mean, obviously their passing game is not where it, it needs to be. But again, Virginia hasn't. Abilene Christian passed the ball pretty well. So, I mean, concerns are going to be on the defensive side of the ball. Replacing Snowden, it's going to be tough, especially as well as he had been playing coming in, you know, leading up to his injury. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, as far as Florida State itself, I mean, I think. You've got to play clean football. I think if Virginia plays clean football, they should be able to handle them comfortably. But a turnover or two, and that game could get interesting real quick. And, I mean, I still feel like just because of what they can do on the ground um, and with the, the athletes they have, Virginia's going to have to create some havoc, some, you know, get a couple turnovers um, just to make up for kind of where the defense is at this point in the season. Um, you know, my, my confidence comes from just from Virginia's – you know, being better with Brennan back um, and kind of figuring out who they are offensively. I mean, they're starting to get an identity. Like, clearly they're going to be a, a team that relies on the quarterback's legs and the passing game and some occasional, you know, <laughs> the running back game with a better offensive line is just, you know, it's nothing to write home about, but it's enough to kind of get you home when you got the other pieces working. So, um, I mean, I'm confident going into the game, but again, like, you know, Florida State, <laughs> But, you know, having a bad season or not, they're they're pretty good. You know, talent wise, it's just going to be a matter of uh, you know playing clean, playing with playing within yourself. And and you're right. I mean, I think not giving them hope is is kind of key. What about you, Ferber? What do you think? Yeah, that was exactly what I was going to say about you want to get them behind early and make them throw because Jordan Travis is a pretty good running quarterback, but his passing stats just aren't very, they're not where they need to be for Florida state to be a really good team. Um, not to mention, I mean, I don't know, maybe I missed Dave mentioning it, but I mean, they had some very key opt outs, um, in the last few weeks 
Samorian Terry, who really played well against UVA last year, is out. Um, and then, you know, their best defensive player on the defensive line is out. And, you know, they've had some injury attrition as well, not to mention new scheme this year with Norvell coming over. Um, a lot of guys kind of lost, you know, in the shuffle there. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be an uphill battle for them. But don't forget, I mean, not that long ago they beat North Carolina. So, um, you know, they're not – it's not like they're completely uncompetitive. Uh, and you have to go down there, and UVA hasn't won on the road this year. So uh, I think it's going to be a good ch- good test for them, if nothing else. Um, I think if UVA can – the offense needs to come out and kind of just come out really hot and get some touchdowns. They've had a lot of slow starts this year, even last week when they ended up scoring 55 points. They started off pretty slow. Um, I don't think they scored until late in the first quarter. So um, they they need to try to do their best they can to avoid that sort of situation here and, and make Florida State have to throw to beat them because um, as up and down as UVA's defense has been and shorthanded as they are, I don't know if Florida State's going to be able to throw to win the game um, or at least come back from multi-scores down. So I think the key will be Brendan Armstrong coming out, being sharp, avoiding turnovers, completing drives, maybe hitting a few big plays here and there, which have been really big catalysts for them early in games, um, and just try to, you know, make Florida State have to do something to get back into it. I keep thinking about this game, and I think, you know, I I feel like I stumbled onto something against Carolina, and now I've used it like this will be the third time, and I don't care. But, like, you make you you do what you got to do. You make Jordan Travis beat you. Um you know, I, I, this is obviously a different situation with one, given the personnel Florida State has, and two, given the fact that Virginia doesn't have Snowden. Um, I, I wonder what that'll mean for, for Noah Taylor. I wonder what that'll mean for the whole group as a, you know, as a unit, because listen, the secondary continues. I mean, even against Abilene Christian was really struggling, um, you know, to, to make plays downfield, to, to make plays on the ball, um, I think the thing that was really helping them out was that their linebacking core was, was really solid. And now you've got one huge piece of that is, is off the table. Um, you know, you've lost Briggs in the middle, though I think, you know, it seems like uh, at least for that one game, which obviously was, was not ACC, whatever, you know, we'll see how, we'll see how good the, the replacements, so to speak, are for those two dudes uh, in Briggs and, and Snowden. Um, I, I, I think that, Ferber's point about Brennan is is spot on. Listen, as you watch this team, you do get a sense of like they will go as far as he will take them. And I know that that sounds somewhat cliche because you know he's a quarterback and da 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 da. But man, when he's when he's on, when he's you know getting the ball out fast, and he's making good decisions. He's not turning the ball over. Virginia's just a completely different team. Part of that's you know just the the benefit of efficiency. But also, too, I think there there is, you know, Bronco mentioned this the other day, the idea of, you know, that the team is just, you know, better off because of him. Like, there is definitely a fire in him. He's not a – he doesn't seem like a vocal, you know, kind of get-in-your-face dude. He will just go out there and run some dude over um, or take a big hit and just pop right up. He's a, he's a gamer. And I feel like, you know, this offense especially – yeah, they put up some gaudy numbers uh, against Abilene Christian. Uh, Lavelle Davis is the truth as um, – prognosticated on this very podcast um but i just i I think you you're you're probably worried a little bit about the running game uh, in the sense of you you, i feel like they should have been able to run it better uh, against the wildcats and they just didn't um now you've you know you've got um your your offensive line is lost on the rankings for the season um bisinger is now the um the left guard didn't see i mean they got some rotation they didn't seem like they were 
going to make too many wholesale changes. I think the running game for me, that I feel like you, if you're Virginia, you got to run the ball, and if that means Brennan has to run, especially now that Thompson is back, um, then I feel like you guys got to do it at this point in the season. Um, let's go to some predictions if you guys want to, and then I do want to get a, a prop bet update because I, I very much want to um, um, enjoy the fact that uh, Starling scored a touchdown. Uh, let's see. In the preseason, <laughs> Dave, you had Virginia winning this uh, 24-16, I believe. Um, yeah. I think with a – I can't read if that's 35 or 55% chance. Anyway, yeah. what's uh, – we're, we're not still doing that. <laughs> yeah, we haven't figured that out in, in a while. What's um, what, do you, what do you think now? I mean, I think there's going to be more points scored. I mean, 24-16 if they're playing in a tropical storm maybe. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think Virginia will win. I think they'll score some points out. Yeah, I think it's going to be like 36 to 21. Yeah, I think Virginia's going to handle them. Probably be close. It'll definitely be close to the end of the first quarter. I can almost guarantee you that. Um, Virginia can't seem to get it together then. But, yeah, I, I think they pull away um, second half as Florida State's kind of forced to put the ball in the air. So, yeah, 36-21. All right, Ferber, in the preseason, you also um, had this thing fairly close, except you had Florida State winning it. You had a thirty twenty four Seminoles. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna get on a limb and think. Say that you're gonna change that. I am. Yeah. I just thought that. <laughs> I I had a good feeling that UVA was gonna lose some games that you know they didn't maybe on paper look like they were gonna lose. You know that they ended up losing those games to Wake at NC State. Um, but yeah, I mean, Florida State from the very beginning of the season is clearly not on the path to. A quick return to glory. If if they're able to do it under Norvell, it's going to be a build. So, um, yeah, I think that struggle continues this week at home. I think UVA can do enough on offense to get by them. I think Florida State's going to score some points. Uh, I think that it could play out sort of like the Louisville game where UVA can move the ball up and down the field pretty well, and and Louisville or the opponent, I guess I should say, this week Florida State. Um, Sort of, you know, it, it, they can, they can, they're going to do some things that are going to drive UVA fans nuts, converting long third downs, you know, maybe some big running plays here and there, some big plays against the pass defense. But I don't know if they can do it consistently enough and error free enough to win this game against the UVA team that's trending up right now. Um, I think UVA goes down there and wins something like 34 to 24. Um, that's the score I'm going to go with. I, I feel pretty good about a UVA win. I, I'm not exactly sure how it's going to play out as far as the score, but I'll say 34-24. 34-24, huh? That's um, literally what I just wrote down. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. How about I, that? I, right. Um, I, I like I, I like Virginia to win the game. What's the line? Where's the line still? What's the, is the line still 10-ish? It's around 9.5, okay. I think, right, um, Dave? Yeah, Dave, you're yeah, eight and a half to nine and a half. Okay. Yep. So, I don't know, man. I wouldn't be surprised to see him win by two. Like, but I wouldn't be surprised to see it bigger. But I just didn't. I, I didn't feel comfortable picking it. If that makes any sense. Um, I genuinely think that it's probably going to be more points than that. Um, just because I feel like Virginia's defense is not going to be able to stop. Um, is not going to be able to do it consistently. And I do think that that the the kid is pretty good. Um, or at least he, he's versatile enough. I, I think that when he gets going. But, yeah, I, I just feel like Virginia's offense is going to be able to score more points. Now, let's get that prop bet update. Um, so, Demeek Starling scored a touchdown. Uh, I feel like there should yes, be like a little – there should be a sound effect here, which I'm not going to look up because it's Thanksgiving and, and, and I don't feel like finding it um, to drop in the edit. But um, 
check one more off, and I have three more dudes, right? The way it works? Yeah. I need to check my notes, and no, you did not have Deshaun Perry scoring a touchdown. Oh, that's unfortunate for me. Nobody did, if you can believe it. <laughs> well, I don't think anybody had nearly as many dudes, nor did they have some of the guys. I mean, I still need Darius Bratton, right? Darius Bratton. Yeah, he could have allowed it to Bratton. I know, man. There he was being selfish. Gosh, right? <laughs> Come on, Deshaun. Help, 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 help a guy out. All right, so I got... You need, I need Bratton, Nick uh, Grant, and Josh Rawlings. Wow. Man, I was really on one that night. All right. Um, but as it... Uh, for and honestly, was, if you had asked me like three, four weeks ago, I would have been like, yeah, he's going to get most of these. He's just going to miss a few. <laughs> and that's he's going to get gonna most be. of them. He's just going to miss a lot of them. Um, There's going to be a few where it's like, hey, I probably shouldn't have put that one on there. <laughs> yeah. Be quite frank with you. The three that are left are the three. I mean, I did feel pretty confident about Davis and um, and Starling playing. I Frankly, as, as bullish as I was on... Um, on um, Davis, I, I, I actually, I mean, I, I know I've been like, Wicks. hold on, I've been taking these victory laps, right, about Davis, but I was actually just as excited about Starling. He just hadn't caught on the same way. You know, just, you know, Davis has, has really shined and Starling has, you know, not really had but a lot of That would have been kind of funny if you did the, if you did Starling as your guy. And then, <laughs> and then Davis blew barely up. Barely plays. Yeah, no. Davis just blows up. Yeah, that would have been, that would have crushed um, my soul. Yeah, um, yeah Dave, Dave and I still the guy need pick Chapman last year. True. Yeah, Dave and I still have one guy that we need to score a touchdown, and Brad's chances might be almost as good as ours. Who's your one um, guy? Mine's Tavares Kelly. Oh, who's Dave's? Who do I have? No, no Rawlings. comment. Have Rawlings. <laughs> you have Mish. Oh, Mish. oh you know what though? He could have gotten a few. He that one, the, the one that they got the pi on drop, the other day. He did drop at least one or That's two. That's true. So. But the one the other day where they got the pi on because he he threw it to Poljan. Grant Mish was wide open like a Seven Eleven on a Tuesday afternoon, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was. Uh, yeah. Oh, I mean, that was it was right there for you, Dave. Just right there. Wasn't it Mish who dropped the jump pass? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Or is that Paul And there was another one. That, there was another one that um, I think it was the Louisville game where where Armstrong had him and just missed the throw oh, yeah. in the end zone, yeah. and he just like threw it wide. Um, that would have been a touchdown. So, yeah, that's where we are. A few more did close over the week. Uh, Tony Poljohn hit the over for catches. 28.5 is where we set it, and he's at 30. Um, let's see. We have a new long for longest play of the season, 90 yards. Lavelle Davis Jr. Um, let's see. Anything else? We have a few more that are kind of almost done. But, I mean, like there's a few I'm looking at that are pretty close, like <laughs> – I have the over/under for points per game at thirty point five, and they're at thirty one point one. So that one will be that one will come down to the last few games. Um, they're not going to get another win against a ranked team because they're not going to play another ranked team. Um, kick returns for touchdowns still haven't had one. The over/under was zero point five. We now have two defensive touchdowns though, so we need one more to hit the over there. Um, Brennan Armstrong is now the leader in rushing yards. How about that? So wait, Bob knows best. <laughs> yeah, he's at three. He's at three ninety nine. And then what was the? So didn't I have Brennan leading the team in rushing? I did. Yeah, I had so, the, so what we so what we did was we ended up doing one where we guessed his passing yard total and rushing yard total, and you had his rushing total at five fifty. Um, and then you also picked him to lead the team in rushing with 550 uh, um and right now that looks pretty good he's yeah. at 399 right now um 
And obviously, sack yards count against him. I had Wayne Talapop at 505, and Dave had Shane Simpson at 675. What's, what, what was so, the one I nailed? There was one I nailed. Take like two right magical on, right? games. You have the you have the points at you had the highest scoring game this oh, season, right. fifty five points against Abilene Christian. So that the exact number, not to mention fifty five is an odd number of points to score. Can so I get like, a can I get a bonus cool. point for for that for de- degree of difficulty? Can that sure. count? Can that count as a Josh Rollins touchdown or a um, or a Darius Bratton touchdown? Maybe. Maybe we'll see what happens. <laughs> if like, you come, if you're one, if you're one player <laughs> short, I'll I'll do it for you. There you go. <laughs> That's the judicious way but, uh, to do it. I win because didn't didn't I predict Virginia would throw a double pass and get a safety? <laughs> get tackle for uh, yeah. a safety. <laughs> yeah, the, uh, I don't remember, but that does sound like something you would say. That absolutely <laughs> yeah, sounds like something you would say. Right. I just oh, love man. how like the the number thing is what was people were ca- like people like SVP watching and they're like thirty six throwing to ninety nine yeah, back to thirty six. <laughs> so do we think that that whole that, that whole thing is amazing? All I mean, right. that's one of the. Imagine if that had happened in a close game. I know. Like, but all right, uh, just real quick. Don't we don't need any discussion, right? I just want to hear yes or no answers. All right, Dave, do you buy it? Do you think that that's what happened? Yes or no? Um, I'm gonna say yes, but like Terrence said, I wish I had a friend of a law that much for me. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Ferber, do do you think that's what happened? Yes or no? Do you really think you read the, no. the wrong line? No. I, I keep going back and forth on it, right? What what plausible I think it's possible, but no. Okay, well here's my here's my counterpoint, right? That I've been I've been the discussion I've been having with myself. Like what what possible reason could he have like uh, that is the only thing that makes sense to me, right? But in a situation where they actually called it, why would they do it? Right? In that situation, in that 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 down in distance where they were on the field, why why would they it, why would you actually call it? You know what I mean? Like, that's the thing that I can't. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily rule out the idea that it was a mistake of some kind. I just don't. I feel like they're covering in some way by just being like, oh, he read the wrong. Because everybody's on the headset. Nobody noticed that that's no, not a lot of the coaches down. are off the headset by that point, you know, because it was late. And then, late But the then game. also, like, the thing that blows my mind is, like, someone had to give it to the quarterback. And they're yeah, like, I mean, gets okay, here's the, the play. Number. He reads it, yeah. Right, and the, yeah, the number gets called in. I you see, like, that's why I don't buy it. I think it could have been a mess up by the person on the sideline or something. I don't buy um, it because Keaton Thompson was in the game, and he has no business being in the game otherwise. Right, yeah. There's no reason for him to even be in. Like, it doesn't yeah. make any sense. And then, yeah, it, it's like they they call. Well, I guess maybe if they called the number and they brought in like a package for it or something. But that doesn't yeah, make any sense. And then Lindell's but not like the coach should what? have seen like what is Keaton running out there? <laughs> Get back here, and then also it's like why are we uh, like like Lindell Stone never was like why are we throwing a double pass right now? Like this doesn't. Well, I've seen unless a lot they of that, were right? like hell yeah, let's do it. I, that's what I think, right? Like that's that's let's where I've legends. been on it. Is like ultimately like they called this stuff and like every dude was like yeah. I don't even I don't care what yard line it's on. Like look at the score of the I game. Thought, let's have fun, right? I, that's every I, dude my, in that huddle. My conspiracy theory is that it was some sort of like weird, convoluted, poorly thought out way to kill clock. Like they were trying to like, oh, if we run a play that takes a long time, we won't have to run another play because there was like 36 seconds left or something. But weren't they on like, um, the six yard line or the five yard, four yard line or something? Yeah, I, I think what the, I, my guess is I thought what they were trying to do was set up some sort of like. Keaton catches it and has like a bunch of blockers in front and runs for like 10 yards, gets a first down and the game ends. Um, yeah. Like, cause they ran the ball. The place Except no that. one went to block. Everyone stayed in pass pro. Um, yeah. 
I don't understand. Yeah, the play was uh, at least now we know not to run the play. My bigger concern is not that; it's that they burned a really cool play for a touchdown earlier in the game in a forty-point game. Um, you know, the and <laughs> Amad yeah. Hawkins. I I, yeah. I tweeted about it, and Amad Hawkins was like, "Maybe they're setting something else up for later. Yeah. And if that's what they're doing, then good for them. That's a good idea." Yeah. And I'm wrong, but yeah. if they're not, which is very possible, then they just burned it. That is one of the things that has been one of the weak points to me about this coaching staff since they came, is that I I don't under, I don't know if they always grasp like game management stuff, like we've had a lot of issues with clock management. Yeah, it, they weirdness. definitely feel like you know this is this is our this goes back to our whole um our whole like thing uh, about how Bryce they should play Perkins Madden. In, yeah, yeah, and Bryce Perkins being in when they're up forty two to three or whatever, like in the third quarter of games, like last year. Yeah, it's like don't you realize that he doesn't need to be in anymore? You can just run the ball, and it's like they just keep playing him. It's like weird stuff like that, or like, uh, like the end of the first half sequence against Louisville, right? So they like let Louisville run a bunch of time off, and then they called timeout to get the ball back, and then they were like, they ran a draw, which was fine. And then they threw. Then Brendan Armstrong slid like three yards short of the first down. So then it's like thirty seconds left, and they're instead of just being like, you know what, we're we're at our own twenty, we're not getting anything. We might as well just let the clock run out and go to halftime. They threw an incomplete pass, and so they had to punt it back to them. <laughs> like, and it was it, that. That's just not. That's just being. They were caught in no man's land and didn't handle the situation correctly. And that's why I don't necessarily buy the he called the wrong play thing because we've seen them do stupid stuff like this before. Um, and, and if he called the wrong play thing, that is a stupid thing. <laughs> but, I mean, it just seems like a weird, I don't know. Uh, Brock yeah, was I mean, in his postgame remarks seemed as surprised about it as we did, though. So maybe that is what happened. He seemed too surprised. Um, but <laughs> no, <laughs> Conspiracy I mean, I think, theory I, I corner. Think, yeah. I love it. No, I mean, I think the bad thing about that play is it's either – it's a it's a lose lose right either either it was called or it wasn't and if it wasn't why wasn't it stopped um even if every other coach was off the headset because of so little time left like lindell's been in the program for 20 years he should know that's a dumb play to call in that situation also why is like a kneel down play right next to a trick play in your play play sheet like that's a weird don't do that yeah. <laughs> don't put yeah. those plays Let's next fix- to each other well, it kind of is in Madden too, though. Right? <laughs> Here, here's also, the thing: maybe all the maybe all the times we've been hard on the nine, he's just been calling the wrong <laughs> stuff. It was quarterback Neil, but it was actually fake. Yeah, <laughs> just needs so better So basically, glasses. what we're saying is, is that the, it, at some point he's we like need the, a picture. He's like of the, the witness in my cousin Vinny. <laughs> he needs he needs that he needs that play sheet that Abilene Christian's coach had, and it's way bigger and easier to see. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, so basically, we need we need somebody from UVA staff to tweet out a picture of the of the play sheet, right? We we need a picture of the call sheet, and um, I need I I'm at that point where I just I I just I'm just I just really want to know, you know? I'm not saying I'm not saying that that's not what happened. I'm just saying you know lots of people are asking. That's all I'm saying. All right, I think that's a good place. One to time play. when I was in Little League football, the coach gave me a play, and I was a wide receiver. And, uh, like, I, I would go in a lot to catch passes, like, because I had pretty good hands. I was, like, 10 years old. Hashtag peaked early. Um, but so, like, he called a pass play and had me send it in and go in. You know, obviously, just run in with the play. And they threw it at me incomplete. It got, like, blown up. I come off the field, and the coach was like, why did you think that play was for you? 
And I was like, uh, I don't know. It seems pretty similar to the ones you've given me before. And he's like, it was for the other tight end or whatever. And I was like, oh, okay. And I was like, well, I'll try not to do that again. And so, so you, maybe that's maybe something So like maybe that. that's what happened. Is that's that a funny story, Justin. Somebody Keaton called their own number. Story last year. Well, Keaton Thompson went in and was like, hell yeah, I'm throwing a double pass. Like, <laughs> one, of my last, one of my last football games in Little League because I was a scrawny kid. I was playing tight end, too. I was too small to play everything else. Um, same thing, Justin. Time out. The coach told me the play, and it was a play for me. But I was so surprised that he called a pass because he never did. I ran in and got under center. <laughs> and he called Tom out, and he's like, "What were you doing?" I was like, "I thought you wanted me to run that play." He's like, "No, I was gonna pass it to you." And oh my done gosh, it. that is amazing! I'm the, I'm the captain now. I'm the, yeah, captain, I'm the captain now. Captain. Um, all right, well, I guess that goes on the list. Well, also, it, I don't everyone. know. If, I don't know if I would have got yelled at, but the play didn't work, and he looked at me like, "What the hell are you doing?" And I was like, "I don't know." Nine <laughs> years old. <laughs> yeah. Man, I feel like I should share a football memory now because, you know, I'm trying to think. Like, my football, my my Little League football team was, like, so good that we, like, never – like, the starters never played more than, you know, they had to because once the yeah, rule was like – Our you, team was like that, too. Once you got to such and such. So I got to play a lot because I wasn't one of them. Um, but I just remember uh, I used to have these – I played defensive line, and I used to have these – my dad got me these like really cool, um, um, like, forearm guards – and I mean, like the padding on those things was just—it was not—it was probably not legal. Like the old school ones. Yeah, and I mean, dude, you could yeah. clear some dudes out with those things. You know what I mean? And I just remember I would just clocking dudes all over the South Side of Virginia. But anyway, all right. I got some in storage at the sports store. So <laughs> next time we get the tailgate, I'm bringing them. Saying wear them the tailgate. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I, I don't know if they'll fit. The Joe we'll Greens. Go, we'll go. We'll go with it. Um, but I think that's a that's 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 hysterical. I mean, it makes sense to me that like. You know, that something went awry. It's just a, it's just a fun anecdote. Um, what if they had called like a field goal or something? Yeah, right. Exactly. If they, if they inadvertently called a field goal, would, 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 would Brian Delaney have just trotted out to kick a hundred and seven <laughs> yard field goal? Like, <laughs> I mean, I am not a. Listen, I want to be very clear here. I am not a big proponent that like the kids should have been like, wait a minute, you really want us to call a double pass? Because I'm pretty sure that in, of all the programs in America where you probably don't question the coach who's calling it, I think Dr. Bob is probably one of those dudes who would like not take kindly to that. You've been like, um, excuse me, coach, are you sure? Like, no, I don't think that's going to go over well. But I also think that there's some level of like, hey, man, the game was over and the kid just wanted to run it. Like, who cares? Right. So maybe they just thought also Bob another, was giving him a chance to have some fun. For the uh, maybe he called the wrong play was that BYU UVA game back in the day where they randomly threw the they ball. Randomly they randomly threw the ball. Yes, been. exactly. Yeah. And they, they lost the game simply because of that play. Um, I just yeah. think I think if you call a fun play, dudes are going to want to run it. I think that's the, you know. The that's what I mean. Like, I don't really, I, I understand how it got run because they were probably like, screw it. They're like, like yeah, let's do it. Cares. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, oh my God. Okay. But at least now, maybe, maybe if that is what happened, we won't have to worry about it happening. I mean, because, like, what if they're up three against Florida State trying to run the clock out and he calls, like, a, a Hail Mary or something, you know? Yeah. Well, hopefully that's the point when somebody don't else is on the, on the headset. Yeah, hope, now now we know it won't happen again. That's true. I bet you I wonder if his I wonder if his call sheet is different this week. I wonder if those two things are <laughs> you are if 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 nah, play calling really wants the if he really wants the flex they'll call that play like the first play of the game. You like, yeah, what now? We used to joke about like pregame and be like, what if Tony Bennett just put Jack Salt in the game just cuz? <laughs> <laughs> Like the year he was redshirting, we used to joke about that all the time. Yeah. Ferber and I would just be like, "Is this the night that he plays Jack Salt?" We did that like for at least half a season that year. Oh, that was fun. 
Man, that was that was fun when we all used to go to games and there were people. That was well, fun. the reason the reason for that joke was we were like he's so like unassailable with the yeah, fan base. Exactly. That the fan base right loves him so much. Really good yeah. Season. yeah, it's yeah. like he could throw Jack Salt in there could, and nobody would even care. They were like, what like, makes sense? <laughs> yeah. Well, you just got to trust Tony. You Might know, he touch. He knows what he's doing. Maybe there's a reason that you know he didn't play him for three quarters of the season and just threw him in there randomly. Oh my God! All right, let's let's get out of here. Uh, if you are somebody who found the podcast through the website, thank you very much for giving us a listen. And if you don't mind, look us up on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, wherever it is that uh, podcasts are sold, we we should be there. Um, if you're somebody who has found the pod but hasn't even given us a look yet, check us out, castcorner.com. Let's see, right now we got all kinds of stuff um, previewing Florida State. I mean, it's, it's Thanksgiving, so this will be what we drop today. But uh, we'll have a preview for you tomorrow. Um, I don't know, Ferber, you want to – we're going to preview San Francisco or – How's that going to work? What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. He's like, yeah. I'll do the best I can. Okay. So we're going to, we'll get you ready for both of those games this weekend and, and you can check back and check out the stuff we've written about um, Florida State getting ready. Um, I, I, I do want to plug the the Pro Football Focus story this week because I actually thought it was interesting the number of guys who played well who don't normally play and then look at some of the snap counts and um, who sort of plays where. And Virginia's, um, I think, did a good job of getting those guys time. So give that a look as well. All right. So again, I want to thank on this day of Thanksgiving. Uh, I want to thank everybody for continuing to support the show. Uh, I especially want to thank Dave and Ferber for giving graciously of their time tonight, all the time. Um, for me, I really appreciate everything they do. So happy Thanksgiving to to both of you guys, and certainly to everybody out there. Uh, and I hope that it is a safe and enjoyable holiday. And we will see you next week. So. For David Spence and Justin Ferber, I'm Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com. Thanks for coming out. We'll see you soon.